the CIA veteran, Miss Claire Lopez, today, Thursday, February 24th, 2022, at 1.26 p.m. Eastern Time. Obviously, uh, Russia starting their quote-unquote special military operations in Ukraine last night. I was playing some video games online with some friends of the podcast, and we were actually watching it stream. And as it started, they all, some guys were like, I'm going to go get like some beer. Other guys were like, I'm going to go have a cup of coffee. I want to stay up and watch it. I want to see what's going on. And I think you'd, you'd appreciate this. I said, it was like 11 o'clock. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go get a Red Bull. I was like, I'm going to stay up and watch with you too. And the resounding response was go to bed Thursdays. You have Claire Lopez. You can't miss this episode. And I was, I swear to, (laughs) swear to God, there's video evidence of it. I can send you the video. I'm not, I'm not kissing (laughs) your ass. And so I was like, they don't even have my back. They were like, you have Claire. There's one guy, there's one guy who's in, who's in Wales. And he was like, you have Claire Lopez tomorrow. You're going to go talk to her. And I was like, fuck. So I couldn't stay up. So they, they are, they like my podcast, but they like you more than they like me. But because I've only got you for 33 minutes, I'm going to shut my stupid mouth. Claire, Miss Lopez, what is going on right now? Well, what is going on right now is what was uh, long anticipated. And um, that is uh, Vladimir Putin um, trying to um, uh, reestablish as much of the Russian empire as he can possibly get away with. Um, we thought perhaps he would only want to take the eastern region of, of Ukraine that borders Russia called the Donbass. There are two oblasts there. An oblast is something like a state or a province. One is called Donetsk and the other is Luhansk. And in each one of those is a smaller region uh, that Putin recognized two days ago in that speech that was broadcast recognized as independent people's republics of whatever. Uh, Absolutely no legitimacy internationally, United Nations or anything else, but so he did. And the thought was that, um, you know, he he wanted to incorporate not just the two people's republics, but the larger oblasts as well, where uh, Ukraine, the government of Ukraine, still maintained control and positioned troops. But once the invasion began uh, last night, it became clear that it was not only the Donbass, the attack, of course, coming from three different directions, from the north, from Belarus, uh, all across the eastern border there with Russia, and then from the south, from from, uh, Crimea, which he had uh, taken back to Mother Russia. It had always been part of Russia, but he took it back in 2014 uh, when the Ukrainian people... Uh, ousted uh, Yanukovych, uh, the president who was so pro-Moscow, and uh, sent him packing off to, to Russia. Um, so that attack began. It, uh, it has included, um, you know, rocket and missile fire, uh, but at more places than perhaps we had thought, at, at cities uh, throughout Ukraine, uh, but especially at the capital um, uh, of Kiev. Now, What it seems is that uh, Russia intends to knock out uh, all the military uh, bases and uh, the the sites of command and control uh, and very likely wants to topple the government, uh, decapitate the government of Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine uh, in Kiev, and replace him uh, with a pro-Moscow puppet, um, which 
they had uh, with Yanukovych before he got kicked out eight years ago. And he wants to sort of reset that scene, that that reality for, for Ukraine and Russia. Broader picture, um, Putin believes that the, the worst catastrophe of his entire life uh, was the breakup of the Soviet Union back in 1991 when he was a KGB officer. And uh, this has been eating away at him his entire career life since then. Um, you know, he's, he's getting on up there in years now. Well, aren't, aren't we all? Um, but, you know, he, he sees a closing window, I think, of opportunity uh, now that there is another pile of spaghetti sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, and I think that was the real impetus. Um, it was 2014 when, when he moved to uh, take Crimea. That wasn't, by the way, so much of an invasion as it was an Anschluss because Crimea wanted to be with Russia, okay, and probably the separatist regions of the Donbass do too. But nevertheless, these are sovereign territory uh, areas of, of, of Ukraine. Um, so, uh, you know, he uh, ha- has wanted to um, reestablish the power and the glory of, of Russia, even though diplomatically, economically, politically, militarily, Russia just doesn't have it anymore, but they want to pretend that they do. They want to show that they do in some way. The economy of Russia, by the way, is smaller than that of the state of Texas, Mm -hmm. which as one of 50 states is a powerhouse. But this is, you know, what one American politician, I forget which one, once called a gas station with nukes. Yeah. Russia. Yeah. A gas station with nukes. So, um, all of these, all of these areas that I, that I mentioned, you know, diplomat, diplomatically and economically and, and militarily and politically, um, Putin is not all that strong. Yeah, militarily, if you count the nukes and and you count numbers, just sheer numbers of army, you know, military troops. Okay, yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, I've I've been listening to General, retired General Jack Keane. Okay. who heads up the Institute for the Study of War. Very good resource. I, I would recommend it for people who oh. want to follow this. They're putting out bulletins every a, day. Short, two, three-page right bulletins. Institute well, for the Study of War. And his name is General, General. Jack Keane. Got it. Uh, he's often uh, one of the analyst um, guests on, on uh, Fox News that uh, comes on pretty often these last days, several times a day. Uh, anyway, I think his uh, and the Institute's um, perspective is, is uh, it, it very reasoned, very, um, very astute. Um, they did change their, their minds about some things along the way. They, they did not expect a full-on invasion of all of Ukraine and probably still don't. Uh, and the reason for that goes back to those four areas of Russia that I don't think, and he doesn't think, they don't think are all that solid, all that strong. Um, Again, diplomacy is out the window now because you just wrecked that. That's down the tubes. Um, The economy, not that strong. Um, You know, what does Russia produce? Um, It's an extractive industry country, uh, oil and natural gas. Plus they have some minerals. Um, And other than that, what do they have to offer? They sell weapons. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of it. Um, 
And well, I should add one more area. Demographically, Russia's population is in a death spiral. I mean, literally, about one point, maybe six or so uh, children per woman per lifetime. When, as we know, replacement level is 2.1 children per woman per lifetime. They're at 1.6 or so, somewhere around there. Um, so weak economically, um, you know, weak demographically. Weak militarily, if you don't count the nukes. I mean, the nukes count. Yeah. <laughs> no mistake, the nukes count. Um, but, you know, popularity has been pretty good for Putin these years. But, you know, the body bags start coming home by the tens of thousands because the Ukrainians are going to fight. Yeah. They may lose military bases and command and control centers, but every man and boy from the age of 15 to 60 is going to be armed, in a, and, and in particular, the parliament of Ukraine uh, passed an emergency measure, I think it was yesterday, uh, to uh, uh, permit, um, to encourage um, everyone who's able to, uh, to pick up a gun, which the government will provide them, and to be ready to fight for their country. And they will. Um, they're close, Ukraine and Russia, culturally, linguistically, not the same, though, not the same. And Ukraine likes being independent and sovereign since 1991. Uh, and it intends to keep that one way or another. So um, whether Putin will continue to try to, you know, occupy and subjugate the entire country, uh, General Keene thinks not. They've overreached, he thinks, that they've, they've tried to grab too much. Um, they can't. I mean, there would be an insurgency, uh, a domestic um, you know, opposition, guerrilla warfare uh, that would make Afghanistan look like a picnic. Yeah. That's what Ukraine would become for years if he tried to, to uh, subjugate the entire thing. But if he just tries to decapitate the government and replace that with a puppet, that may be what, what, what Putin's trying to do right now. Just really quick in response, um, you know, he, Putin has shown up uh, the fissures, the splits within NATO, Germany uh, comes to mind. Um, but kind of paradoxically, at the same time, as this goes on and as this invasion uh, continues, um, it's it, it may be that 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 Putin has served uh, to as actually uh, what he's what he's done is 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 to stiffen NATO's spine a bit, yeah, um, and yeah. bring them together. Not that, um, you know, uh, we, the United States um, or NATO, has any treaty obligation whatsoever to come to Ukraine's defense. But this is a brazen, um, you know, violation of international law, any way you look at it. And, and um, uh, even though there's no treaty obligation and, and Ukraine is not a member of NATO, it is a partner of NATO, kind of like an intermediate step. Um, Help is flowing in in, in in way of weapons and, and other supplies, whether that's enough to hold off, you know, the Russian juggernaut, maybe not, uh, but it will give them something to fight with. And, and that's the point. So, um, yeah, there's that. Uh, the other thing is the sanctions. Uh, both the United States and European countries uh, have uh, immediately imposed um, sanctions, which many said should have come a long time ago. 
uh, but yesterday, imposed sanctions on Russian banks, on um, certain members of the oligarchy, if you will, of the Russian leadership around Putin. For some reason, not on Putin himself. I don't get that. Um, and gotten Germany to say, oh, the Nord Stream pipeline, the gas pipeline that runs between Russia and northern Germany, um, is is going to be put on hold. Well, it's already on hold, uh, newsflash. Um, it's completed, it's built under the Baltic Sea, but it was not open yet. The, the, the natural gas was not flowing yet, and due to regulatory bureaucratic things, was not due to open up until later this year. So Germany just put a pause on a pipeline that was already paused. So, okay, whatever. Um, and I'll make one more comment um, before tossing it back to you, Tommy, and that is, uh, in terms of the world, uh, at the United Nations um, uh, Security Council, of course, you know, Russia is a member, uh, so is um, China, uh, but, but from places all over the world, condemnation is pouring in. Absolutely not one single country in the entire world that I've seen so far has supported uh, Moscow has supported Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and that includes China. If I can read to you really quickly, take your time. Claire. A statement is, from an article is, that I just read this, this morning. This is the Claire podcast. This is the Claire podcast. Okay. Take it. The um, the the, uh, the the foundation for the defense of democracies. You know, Cliff May's outfit in uh, Washington D.C. Here, um, actually, this is dated yesterday. But what it says is, um, over the weekend, the quote over the weekend. Beijing distanced itself from Russian aggression against Ukraine, calling for the, quote, sovereignty, independence, and territorial integrity of all countries to be respected and safeguarded. That came out of Beijing. So for those who are concerned about a, Taiwan. you know, Sino-Russian entente or, uh, you know, partnership at the moment, Valid concerns, but I think this is pretty significant um, coming out of Beijing, this this kind of a statement. So long story short, no nation on earth has supported uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and to the contrary, have all, all of them have condemned it. That's also, that's also China. That's China being China. That's China saying COVID's not transmissible between humans. COVID is, okay, we've No, had... but this is a very serious official statement okay. out of Beijing. Okay. And they are not standing by Putin. That's significant. Do you think, again, from my 31-year-old biology degree, not a not an expert at any of this, not even an amateur, is that to preemptively kind of put... Because, I mean, what's the most trending thing on Twitter? It was Taiwan not Ukraine, it was Taiwan. It's everyone's watching Taiwan. Yeah. Is that a preemptive, yeah. we don't want every nation, you know, is, is that what it is? And is that a play on words because they don't recognize Taiwan as a nation? Well, it, it is indeed. Um, Taiwan for the, for the Chinese communist party is a breakaway province. Uh, now that cannot really be said of Ukraine or these places in Ukraine. They are part of Ukrainian sovereign territory even though they are populated uh, mostly, I think, majority by Russian speakers, ethnic Russians, that is true, and those two so-called people's republics are separatists, want to break away from Ukraine, want to be 
connected to Russia. Uh, nevertheless, um, the last time they were part of Russia was during the Soviet Union, during the time of the USSR. And Ukraine was one of the Soviet socialist republics. Uh, but it's not quite the same thing as, as China's claim to Taiwan for many centuries that it was a province of China. And therefore, it's wayward and it needs to be brought back into the fold. So yeah, that language is carefully chosen, but it's very significant in the import yeah. of it that China is not standing by Russia. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that is, yeah, that is important. Um, Putin's, uh, <clears throat> Putin's statement about those who try to uh, halt or intervene in the invasion will be met with force the likes of which they've never seen before. That bluster, or is that a man, as you no, said? No, that's real. And that's, that's an uh, that's aimed directly, yeah, at the United States, at NATO. Um, things, uh, areas where Russia uh, has some very serious capability include uh, cyber warfare. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been uh, cyber attacks, of course, launched against Ukraine. Uh, but we'll recall back here in the United States, I think it was last year or maybe 2020, I forget which year, but recently, um, that uh, what was believed or, uh, you know, uh, uh, assessed to be Russia uh, shut down one of our pipelines. Remember this? Mm -hmm. uh, a, a pipeline that runs from uh, Texas on up the East Coast, uh, northward along uh, sort of the, the U.S. East Coast. Um, the other capability besides nukes alone that, that Russia has uh, is an EMP capability, yeah. Yeah. electromagnetic pulse capability. Uh, so does China, so does North Korea, you know, yeah. Iran probably soon. Um, but that is another possibility, which because we are not protected, because the United States uh, electric grid is not secured, <clears throat> excuse me, not secured, not, not protected, um, and that's a very serious uh, unspoken, but, but, but a threat. Um, and by the way, all of our adversaries, the above so named, they've hardened their grids. Oh. But we haven't. Well, that's so. Do you think that threat is? I mean, you know, nuclear. It's because there hasn't been a a, a, a tactical nuke since August ninth, nineteen forty five. I think it was Eric Schlosser said in uh, Command and Control, his book about kind of nuclear weapons incidents. He said it's it's we we often think of that we're no longer living under the bomb like we were during the Cold War, but he was like. And they're all still there. They all still work, and it can well, still and, pop and, off. And, and, and Russia's armaments in terms of nuclear capability, including tactical nukes, um, has far surpassed our own. Yeah. Uh, and they've modernized their nuclear force. We have not modernized ours, uh, not to mention China yeah. and what China shares with North Korea. Right. Um, they're all modernized, and we're not. Right. Um, and as well, Russia and China are already in the business of militarizing space. Mm -hmm. Now, I hope and I expect that that's what President Trump's space command, at least in part, was intended to do to defend us in space. Yeah. But, the, you know, the, who knows where um, it is right now with the, the current occupant of the White House. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the point I was trying to make wasn't necessarily modernization which i know is important they, they have to work but i mean even if it was a it was just the concept of using nuclear weapons at all as eric the author eric schlosser says is 
we kind of downplay it as 1991. We're not living there anymore. It's still there. And so although it's, yeah, they've got like gas station with nukes, it's like, it's still nukes. And it's it's been, mm-hmm. we've been desensitized for so long to it, but they're still there. Do you think that that is, do you think that that is an aging man who for 31 years has been dwelling on the worst thing of his life, the collapse of the Soviet Union, who sees a closing window? Do you think that's a real an actual threat of nuclear weapons. Well, I think if NATO were to be foolish, which they're not at the moment, and try to intervene in uh, Ukraine, that tactical nukes would certainly be uh, a possibility there. But now, NATO is not going to intervene in Ukraine, um, aside from, you know, sending uh, weapons and equipment and, and, and other kinds of supplies. Can, um, but but that's what Putin was getting at. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Because I've seen a lot of people on on Twitter, which again are just dipshits like me. Excuse my French. Saying this, you know, for 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 evil to prevail, all all that needs to happen is for good men to do nothing. Sure, that's great. And then there's people saying, you know, the U.S. This is why we have this budget. How come we're not stepping in? I'm not. We just got out of the Middle East in a terrible way. I'm looking at this more as, uh, is it? I'm, 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 I'm throwing my words together. A lot of people are saying we need to have a strong force to go in there. And it's interesting because you, you you're no, you're no anti-American. You're as patriotic as they come. And you're the first, I would say, more conservative person I've heard in the last 24 hours say NATO would be foolish to intervene. Everyone else is well, saying. Well, here's why. Okay. Because, because NATO is completely overmatched for one thing. Okay. I mean, the, 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 the the, the bottom line is that Ukraine is not a member of NATO, mm-hmm. and we have, of NATO have no treaty obligation to defend it. And if even you want to go back to the 1994 Budapest Memorandum, which was an agreement among the United States, Britain, Russia, and Ukraine, uh, which came together in Budapest in that year, uh, Bill Clinton was president of the United States, in 1994, and um, uh, came up with this agreement, this memorandum, uh, that said we recognize um, the sovereign uh, integrity and the right of countries uh, to their to their sovereign territory. Essentially, that's what the memorandum said. It was not a defense pact. It was not a defense agreement. It was a memorandum among we four, the four of us to say that we uh, mutually agree that sovereign uh, borders, uh, uh, sovereign territorial integrity uh, is is something, a principle that we adhere to, that we agree to. And that's it. That's what the memorandum said. It did not say anything else. Yeah. Um, Um, And then if you you fast forward um, to 2014 and 15, uh, there are the Minsk agreements. Again, these signed in uh, Minsk, capital of Belarus, Parties to that, again, were U.S., U.K., I think France, um, obviously Belarus, Ukraine, and Russia. I think I've got the, the, the participants there. Um, uh, but the agreement there, among all of those, uh, was to address the hostilities going on at that time, even, in the breakaway region of regions of the Donbass. And the agreements reached um, included the fact that... Um, the uh, Ukrainian government would permit and allow to go forward uh, free, fair, uh, unhindered elections 
uh, in the Donbass by those regions of uh, Donetsk and Luhansk uh, to choose their, their, their own leadership, not to secede, but to have elections and, and choose their, their leadership uh, without any interference from Kiev. Um, that the lines of, um, uh, of, of borders would be respected, um, and, and a number of other things, um, including, uh, you know, agreements about the, uh, the non-positioning of uh, troops and weaponry um, in, in, in places like uh, breakaway regions of the Donbass, those kinds of things. However, um, unfortunately, the agreements were never fulfilled. Uh, they're, they're practically, as, as far as I can tell, none of the provisions was, was ever implemented. There were disagreements about which one should come first and, you know, all of that sort of thing. And they, they, they were just never fulfilled. So these are the official agreements, uh, NATO treaty, um, Budapest Memorandum, and uh, the Minsk agreements that, that come to bear on the situation. Um, but all that said, NATO does not have a treaty obligation to interfere to, to come to Ukraine's defense, and neither does the United States as a member of NATO. Uh, but further, I would say this, since the 1990s and, and, and the breakup of the USSR, NATO has really expanded very aggressively towards the east and uh, included in membership a number of countries that formerly were part of the Warsaw Pact. Um, and uh, Putin for quite some time um, was objecting uh, that Ukraine must never become a member of NATO because along with that would come you know, the possibility, the country agreeing to it, of course, that weaponry, yeah. uh, troops, uh, and indeed missiles and nuclear missiles, nuclear weapons, could be positioned on that territory. Um, and were that to have ever happened, uh, nukes would be five minutes flying distance from Moscow. Mm -hmm. And we'll remember that JFK, our President Kennedy, went to the brink of nuclear war back in 1962 uh, with the Soviet Union because of nukes positioned on Cuba. Yeah. So... Uh, those concerns were never uh, really addressed. They were brushed aside. I think that was a mistake. I think it could have been worked out to where, you know, NATO and the U.S. would never agree to say, well, you know, we're just going to say um, uh, that, Na that, that Ukraine and any other country can never, ever be a member of NATO. They're not going to do that. Yeah. But what they could have done, and I think should have done, is, is at least behind the scenes— quietly, said something to the effect of, well, Ukraine does not now and probably not in our lifetime will ever meet the criteria to be a member of NATO, principally in two areas. One, Ukraine does not control the entirety of its own territory. And number two, Ukraine does not even remotely meet uh, the standards of NATO for rule of law. The corruption is well, endemic yeah. and, and, and uh, you know, huge. Yeah. So they could have said, well, you know, they're just not going to meet those requirements. And, you know, it's just not going to happen in our lifetimes. We're not going to say never. We're not going to pledge that you get a veto over whom 
uh, we may invite or accept, but, you know, it's just not going to happen. That might have gone a long way. The other thing I'll say is that I think that the West, NATO, U.S., Europe, um, that we've made a big mistake um, in, uh, certainly during the Trump administration, uh, in turning Russia and Putin um, into the boogeyman. Yes, they're an adversary. They're a serious adversary. They're aggressive. They're hostile. They're belligerent. Uh, Putin himself is a thug. Okay, that's all true. But historically and for hundreds of years, um, the culture, the religion um, of, of Ukraine has been westward looking. Back to Peter the Great, Catherine the Great, has been westward looking. Russia is far more a Western yeah. uh, entity uh, than, than an it is an Eastern one. Yeah. And what we've done, I think, uh, certainly during the Trump administration with Russia Gate and the Russia hoax and all of that nonsense was all fake and made up, um, was to alienate any possibility that Trump would have had to find not a, an alliance, not a partnership even, sure. but an MO, a modus operandi for a managing the relationship with Russia. Trump would have done that. Yeah. And then Russia and Putin would not have uh, gone off to uh, seek a, an entente or whatever you want to call it with Beijing, yeah. which is where they are now. Um, where China is really a greater threat to both Russia and to the United States and, and other countries in, in, in the East Asia area, too. Um, you know, a, a bigger threat than Russia would ever be. Um, it's, but we've pushed, you know, Putin off into the uh, willing arms of Xi Jinping. Nevertheless, you know, the statement I just read to you a bit earlier that, um, you know, Beijing is not uh, is not gushing its support for what uh, what Putin has done. Let's also. I think China. Uh, last, uh, just real quick. Sure. I, I, uh, I think that China eventually uh, probably wants to gobble up Siberia with uh, its massive resources of oil and gas and minerals. And given the demographic trends in Russia, they just aren't going to be able to hold on to Siberia. Um, China's demographics are in a death spiral too, but it's going to take more decades. It's going to take a longer time. Uh, for that population to dwindle, and it will by the end of this century. But uh, Russia's first. Yeah, I was going to say your your uh, your thesis on uh, on on timber in Siberia, right? We talked about. I think. Well, my, yeah, my year. master's thesis yeah. was on the overall natural resources of Siberia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Its economic potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that last year. What I was going to mm-hmm. say is, uh, and I got you for three minutes. Um, is okay. um, is. You know, it's and I know I quote him all the time. I either quote uh, or like a respectable author, or I quote Tim Dillon, uh, a, a fat gay comedian who I firmly believe is the funniest person to have ever walked this earth. But he actually had a great point about. He has a lot of good points. But he had a great point about Putin, like last year, I think. And it was, um, it was, uh, he compares it to. He was like, you know, he's like he didn't come out of the closet until he was like twenty three. Tim Dillon, and he was like you have to understand he was like, I don't, he's like, I certainly don't sanction, you know, you know, like, um, more obscure lifestyles, but he was like, you have to look at like the the 50s, 60s, 70s and like the homosexual community. 
and this is his take on it is when you when you kind of bar them from like polite society or from like social norms and you treat them like weirdos and you push them underground he was like don't be surprised when they start acting like weirdos and go underground like any black market right but 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 seriously and that's and and he's a pretty conservative guy but he said that about putin he was like if we call them the boogeyman if we do and he's like and there is legitimate reason to say that don't be surprised when if i'm the enemy i'm the enemy i'm the enemy and i feel bullied well then what face am i saving anyway i'll be the enemy you know i got kicked off youtube so yeah i'll just gonna, i'm just going to keep interviewing dr malone like i probably wouldn't have but now i'm going to keep doing it and that's not to that's not to i know that's a very easy simplified analogy of what's going on but i think it's somewhat of what you're saying is make them the enemy don't be surprised when they act like the enemy and then the only out the only sun Tzu, right build a golden bridge for your enemies to retreat across well you're building a golden bridge to beijing and although and although they publicly just said that they're not condoning this back to the cuban missile crisis we had a public face and then we had the back channels to get the missiles out of turkey so who knows what's going on in some back channel RFK equivalent between Beijing and Moscow. But that's just kind of my thoughts on what you were saying is push him into the corner, make him the boogeyman. You're going to be the boogeyman. It's just, yeah. I mean, his ambitions are still his ambitions. Sure. And that doesn't establish, you know, as much of a, a sphere of influence around, you know, greater Russia as he possibly can re, constitute the the uh, soviet union to the extent that he can that that that's all still there yeah and we have to understand that that's still there that's his mentality that's his weltanschauung his, his worldview yeah uh, but i think it could have been dealt with differently than we did sure and i know but always also you know when when uh, the world uh, be it our friends allies and partners or adversaries and enemies perceive this level of abject weakness being projected out of the White House. Yeah. That's provocative. Yeah. Uh, that is an open invitation to every rogue on earth. It's, hey, now's the chance. Let's get what we want while we still can before the window closes and, you know, the Republicans sweep the midterms. It's the substitute teacher who shows weakness, doesn't know the rules. Everyone takes their phones out, starts texting. Oh, yeah, no, we always do this. Professor always lets us do this. And you just you come, <laughs> you, you, as a fifth grader, you could you could t- you could smell blood in the water. You go, oh, oh, this isn't so and so. This is Miss Smith. We can do it every. Oh, yeah. No, we always play video games. During but this, class. this is what's so dangerously destabilizing about weakness. Yes. Um, or at, at least the perceived perception of weakness. You know, and when we've got <clears throat> our senior military, um, you know, the secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin, the um, uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, uh, National Security Advisor, uh, Jake Sullivan, and so on and so on. Um, you know, spending their time talking about climate change and white privilege and systemic racism. Um, we get what we deserve. Know, that that does not project a an image of strength. I, I just have to say, this is yeah. just simply not. Uh, going to gain the respect, not admiration, not liking, but respect of the rest of the world. And while President Trump was in there for those four years, you know, these rogues of the world kind of 
you yeah. know, they, they, they behaved uh, to a certain extent. Yeah. But yeah. before that, during the Obama administrations and after Trump, now one year. I mean, we got three years to go. I mean, one year, one um, year. It, it's, it's, it's hugely destabilizing when they perceive that kind of weakness. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, and you, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a, a, a warring, a belligerent nation, but I mean, it's like JFK, you know, a very measured, a me- very measured guy. But it's like he said, you, know I, you don't want that, LeMay choosing whether or not you go into war. But if you do go to war, he was like, you want LeMay, Curtis It LeMay. has to be credible, that that, yes. that that strength and that threat. And I'll, I'll add something else. You know, uh, there have been two presidents in, in well, my lifetime anyway, um, who have been characterized or even caricaturized as cowboys, right? So the first was Ronald Reagan. You never know what he's going to do. He's crazy. He could just go off at any time. And then, of course, Trump. But that uncertainty about what are they going to do? Madman theory. I do that. What's their response going to be? Are they going to clobber me? Putting that doubt, putting that doubt about the response into the heads of our adversaries is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Being unpredictable and a little bit of a cowboy is a good thing. When you're talking about our adversaries, and I'm sorry, but this administration just not really so much. Don't forget about that hyper classified. I think it was called furtherance under Kissinger had its own classification level where he and some top CIA guys were going to start leaking uh, unencrypted chats to the Soviet Union of them all discussing how crazy Nixon was. And they're like, man, if we can't win Vietnam conventionally, Nixon might start using thermonuclear weapons, hoping that the image of a madman, but the, the point is, is Nixon was that, yeah. They, In, inserting doubt into their minds. They yeah. wanted to foment a yeah. madman. And we, so instead it's much yeah. better to get a madman. The, 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 the question about rationality yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is, is a very serious part of, 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 of policy, foreign policy. Well, those are also the um, most fun friends to go out drinking with. You don't actually know if he'll if he's going to do the thing. It's well, he- you know, and then there was Reagan, who I don't know if it was a hot mic or or just uh, meant to be heard. Comment about uh, what was it? Something after a, a talk or a press we'll conference or something. War Bombing begins in five, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> you know, you know that's the kind of thing. Does he really mean it? Would he really? Could he? Yeah. You want that doubt in the minds of the enemies. Yeah. You want that. Yeah, you want. But you I want, mean, the pile of pudding at sixteen hundred, uh, you know, Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. Uh, not you, really. You want a Trump saying on the campaign trail, "What's the point of having nukes if we're not going to use them?" You want to throw it out there. <laughs> well, uh, really and truly, um, even to the point of uh, uh, you know instigating doubt about rationality. Yeah. Is uh, is a um, a tactic that has its uses. It does. I've kept you five minutes longer oh. than I said I would, but okay. I want to keep you for sixty more seconds if I can. Do, okay. you, do you have, can you make, or as long, I've got the whole afternoon for you. I know you're busy. No, no, and I, I, got and, and, and I know, I know, and I'll figure it. Thursday, February 24th, 2.06 p.m. Eastern Time, 2022. What are your predictions, your immediate, long, whatever they are? Do you have any quick predictions on what will happen, just so we can look back on and either pat ourselves on the back uh, or laugh at this episode? Well, that's easy. I don't know. 
<laughs> like a politician, um, Claire Lopez dodging the questions. No, I mean, I, re- I really don't know how far he'll go now, Putin, that is. Yeah. Um, certainly the Donbass. Um, perhaps, uh, I, I, I think it's perhaps likely that, that he will try to decapitate the government of Kiev yeah. and install a puppet. That, that's as far as I, I can say. I don't think that he wants to um, get himself bogged down in the entirety of this humongous country. I think it's, what, the third largest in, in Europe yeah. or something. Um, I don't think he wants to get bogged down in all of that, but decapitate the government of Volodymyr Zelensky, install a puppet uh, that will not object to the takeover of the Donbass. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will revisit this next Thursday. And again, yeah, none of the none of the guys I was gaming with would let me stay up. You got to go to bed. You have Claire tomorrow. I was like, you motherfucker, you backstabbing motherfuckers. Oh, Nobody no. else. So, well, they've got your back, My not best mine. To the guys. Yes. Well, I will. I will send. I will send that to them. They will. They will cheer on. They all wanted to know your. They, I'm not even kidding. They wanted. I, when I texted you last night and was like, we're talking about this. They were trying to get me to get you on and do a podcast then. I was like, guys, it's midnight. I'm not doing this right now. But, uh, yeah, wow. they, they wanted a live podcast wow. with you. But, Claire Lopez, I will let okay. you go. Your, all your writings, your websites, your social media, all the videos, all the blah, 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 all that good stuff will be in the description. We will resume uh, next Thursday, and uh, hopefully nothing eventful happens. And, uh, yeah, hopefully the – because the real people that are getting screwed are the civilians in Ukraine. So none of this is good. Unfortunately. God bless America. God bless the world. God bless Ukraine. Everybody, please act rationally, act safely. Claire Lopez, thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Thank you.